This week's episode of Lawyer Up is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash lawyerup. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Jackie Hearn, it's showtime. It is showtime. Hey, Rick Foster, how the heck are you? I am a long, long day, but we're past all, we're past the hump. And now we have our guest, Charles Robach. Robach, I am a Robach. I'm doing all right. Okay, so we are here to talk about episode four of Better Call Saul, Hero. So... Why don't we start off with Jackie? Uh, what I loved was the nail salon. And I think everybody's going to disagree with me. But I love the nail salon scene where Kim comes to visit Jimmy. And she brings him that letter of, um, to uh, cease or desist letter, subpoena. Uh, and what I love about it is that development of that relationship between Kim and Jimmy I so want to be that character of Kim, and I want my boyfriend to be Jimmy so bad. <laughs> like, does it not show? Um, I, I, I love the way it's played out. I love the little subtle tension. Yes, between them, and and the way that she's concerned about him. And actually, I will combine a previous scene into this one because I think it's connected. Before she finds out about the billboard, which we'll go into later. Um, she picks up the phone, she calls him and leaves a message and says, Hey, you know, uh, the thing is playing, um, at some theater tonight. Uh, just wondered if you wanted to come along and, you know, it's on me. So give me a call. You know, either way, I want to talk to you. So it's like she's calling him to see the thing. And that's the other part of it is I love that Jimmy is sort of obsessed with movie quotes. But I, I love that he's throwing out these movie quotes all the time, and, mm-hmm. and that, that that he's like a movie guy. So oh, she yeah, calls like him. It's showtime. That was that was a movie quote. Uh, she, she basically she just wants to hang out with him, and and she does it in kind of a way where she's like, uh, it's on me. So she, <laughs> you know, she really likes him. If she's gonna say that, exactly. It's one of it's really. It's a really unique situation because she she does still like him outside of a, a business standpoint, but she also still wanted, you know, info about things that Jimmy may have may or may have not have seen. And we'll get into that just a little bit later. But I yeah. mean, it's what's so great about we are now in episode four is things are just kind of starting to unravel and. We're starting to get a feel of what everybody feels. It's obvious Kim cares mm-hmm. about Jimmy, and it's obvious Jimmy cares about Kim. Absolutely. We- he he ends the conversation with, you know, you could be somewhere better. You could be somewhere where someone cares about you. Mm-hmm. And there's a little moment there where it's like, oh, because you care uh-huh. about me? You know, because I, I, I'm wondering what their relationship is. I mean, are they just like friends with benefits kind of thing? Are they... You know, it, 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 it seems to me that they, 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 they have a very an adult, a very adult type of relationship where they don't have to be, they don't have to be a couple. They don't, they're just, they're two people that connect and, and they have a common ground and, and they care about each other, which I think is a very adult 
type of relationship. I mean, I'm not talking about, like, sex adult. I'm talking about, like, understanding, you know, like, human interaction that, like, relationships don't have to be black and white. They can be very mm -hmm. gray. Exactly. And and at the end of uh, Jimmy's kind of uh, big media stunt, she she's almost defending him, saying, you know, everybody loves a hero. Mm -hmm. And um, it's... It's obvious that she is rooting for Jimmy, and she's just on the uh, the other side of the street uh, doing it, right. and on the different team. I absolutely agree. Um, and also, I like when Jimmy says, uh, you know, she's she's talking about the suit and and the whole uh, billboard, and and Jimmy asks her with a big smile, big grin on his face. He says, "How pissed was he?" You know, and mm -hmm. and she says, you know, basically she says, "Look." This is ridiculous. You're doing this. Uh, this is a, a revenge tactic. You're you're doing this for revenge and nothing else. And it's silly and stupid. And you should focus on your own, um, you know, practice and 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 you know, forget Howard Hamlin. But I don't think that he did this billboard ta plan that we'll talk about more. I don't think he did it because of Howard Hamlin for revenge. I think this is a bigger plan, and I think it's clear, and I will wrap it up with my final thought when we close up at the end of the show as to why I believe this is not foc a focus on the Hamlin uh, McGill uh, law firm. This is something bigger. This is, a, this is something for Jimmy. It's, not, it's nothing personal, as Jimmy says. What do you guys think? Uh, oh, <laughs> well, uh... I don't know. I, he says it's not personal, but I think it is. I think it's, uh, yeah, I just think it. <laughs> now, do you think, now, do you think it's personal because, um, Jimmy was kind of, uh, taken out of, of the law firm or do you think he's doing it for Chuck? Uh, uh I mean, his I brother. Think it feels like, uh, it's, it's, you know, I think it's probably more for Chuck because, uh, you know that first episode when he brings in the ripped up check. You know he he definitely has um, some beef with uh, Hamlin. So um, I don't know. I think it. I definitely okay. still think it's personal, but probably more for Chuck than himself because you know he's doing all right. He's doing fine. He's got, he's he definitely is in debt to his brother, which I'm pretty sure we'll find out more and more as the season goes on. And even and even last episode, I mean, he's a, in that cold open flashback where you know Jimmy was bailed out by his brother and he said, you know, I won't mess up again and, and things like that. So it, it really does seem like this is for his family, not, not for himself. And, and we've talked earlier in earlier episodes of just uh, a different person. Jimmy slash Saul is now compared to in the future. I mean, Jimmy has a heart right now and he's thinking about other people. He's thinking about Cam. He's thinking about, it'll be interesting to see where, he crosses the line. And he's just like, hey, you know, it's all for me. You know, Rick, you I know one of your favorites of this uh, show was the actual cold open. The what we're getting now is flashbacks. Originally, the very first one was a flash forward. But now we've got these flashbacks. What in particular stood out about that to you? You know, I think one of the main things that kind of stuck out with that uh, flashback, we kind of got the origins of us. Uh, Saul Goodman, you know, he just said, you know, Saul Goodman, you know, it's just something a kind of one of those, you know, what's up, dog? And, you know, it's like, I, I don't, you know, one of those corny college jokes. It's obvious that he is just a corny, uh, drunk, you know, stoner guy that is just like, oh, Saul Goodman, 
What I really like about the cold opens is that we are already in a flashback uh, just from knowing what happens in the future. And now we're kind of getting just kind of small character developments. And for the most part, the cold open does link to the main story. And I mean, when they did the con of you, are you going to take the Rolex or are you going to take the thousand dollars or whatever? And he takes the Rolex and literally it almost lines up to the T when he's trying to get free publicity for his uh, law firm. And it's just so interesting how they can link link stuff like that perfectly. Yeah, it's just a, a very creative storytelling device. And if they continue to do flashbacks of the cold open, I think it'll even through Kim's eyes or, or Chuck's eyes, things like that, it'll lay the groundwork of a a lot for for a lot of these characters. I mean, it's- I've been kind of wondering that, but not to the point where I've made a note to myself. But are we going to eventually get flashbacks to a point where we see him in law school? We find out how he met Kim. Uh, you know, because you know Kim has corrected him on you know legal procedure a few times, and 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 actually uh, Howard Hamlin corrects him on fair use uh, during this episode. So we kind of have a little insight that he's maybe not the best attorney. <laughs> At this point, (laughs) at least, you know. So I'm wondering, are we going to get that backstory through these flashbacks? Exactly. And and Breaking Bad has used uh, that device as well, uh, using cold opens to tell flashbacks, flash forwards, whatever. And they've had also just done specific episodes on on flashbacks. uh, uh, And we'll talk, if we have time, we'll talk about it uh, uh, once we get to our Breaking Bad uh, discussion, if things link. And... It's just, uh, it's a very great storytelling device, whether it's, you know, humorous or, you know, dark or something like that. I mean, it's very creative to kind of set up this first season. May it work, in, you know, in episodes down the line, you know, next year or something like that? Maybe not. But right now for this open and you have to lay so much groundwork for these new characters. It's a very, yeah, like I said, I've said it many times, but. It's perfect. Well, you know, our guest, Charles, uh, you mentioned too, we were discussing this um, pre-show that this is your top uh, scene too, right? Um, What what in particular stood out? So uh, I I, I didn't take it as deep as uh, Rick. um. Yeah, I'm a deep kind of guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. uh, uh, So first thing I enjoyed is uh, they fooled me and – I don't know if they're going to keep fooling me, but they got me this time. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally normal. Like, you know, I didn't think it was a con. Um, I hope I speak for everybody when I say, <laughs> but, but, holes, but, but, buttholes. <laughs> that is, I just loved, uh, I guess his name was Henry, if that is what we were supposed to believe. Uh, that was just hilarious. Like, it was so funny and, um, <laughs> entertaining and you know it's great to see a you know one of one of slipping jimmy's cons go down um so i I just i loved it it was it was fantastic there was a few references uh i don't know if it was necessarily all in that scene but there was one where you know they're walking out of the bar um jimmy and this guy i I don't know that we ever got a name yeah um but uh, they're walking out and they realize it's 2 a.m. in Cicero, Illinois, and there's nothing open. They, so, so Jimmy says, well, hey, I know of a place that's open till 2 a.m. 
And he says, on 7th or whatever. And they say, okay, let's go that way. And, and he says, are you down? And he says, hells yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering to myself, this is circa 1992. Was hells yeah a thing? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Cause to me, it seems like a last five years kind of yeah. thing. But, but hells yeah is so easy to say. It's very possible <laughs> that, you know, there's that and there's a few other references that I don't think. Like he talks about, um, Simi Valley, uh, uh, uh Jimmy does later. Um, a quote from Simi Valley and it was 2002 and I don't think that it was necessarily something that a Jimmy of that kind would say, but I don't, I don't know. And then like, but I mean, you know, uh, that's totally nitpicking and it's stupid and I apologize to our <laughs> listeners. Um, but you know, I, I've listened to the Better Call Saul Insider podcast as we all do and you should, you know, it's the podcast by Kelly Dixon who's a, uh, edits the show. Um, amazing show. Uh, but, uh, you know, they were talking about how the fans really nitpick things. And so they really have made an effort to make sure everything in the background, everything matches up. There's some kind of meaning behind things because they know if not, the fans are going to go nuts with it. And so I'm going to go a little bit nuts with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, when you mention that stuff, it's, it's kind of, uh, they've done so much with Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and for them to almost half ass it and on top of oh, being the spin off that may that you know may or may not fail because it's you know following one of the best shows of all time. Oh those poor they, guys they, they would, have to. Yeah, they it, it they would crucify themselves <laughs> if they if they didn't do that. So it's it's very great that they are they are not half assing uh anything, whether it's small, detailed or, or large uh, absolutely and this is why i knew before the show started we were going to have a great show um you know i drove me absolutely insane to hear people say oh well i don't know what i think about better call saul it's a spin-off spin-offs don't you know i'm like have you shut ever heard up of aftermath or, uh, geez. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know like, joey give it a chance you haven't even seen mm-hmm. it yet so yeah absolutely but um I thought that was great. I also liked the, when Henry Gondorfi was uh, on the ground and he says, uh, um, I'm going to come down to your McDonald's and beat your buttholes. <laughs> buttholes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, um, they, but, but also, uh, Charles, you mentioned, I, well, I was mentioning uh, something you said, oh, you beat me. Yes. To it, but it, it's the identification card, the driver's license of Hen- Henry Gondorfi. We both paused it and looked at it <laughs> to find <laughs> out all the details. We both did that. Um. Well, I thought, and I looked at his date of birth, and it said uh, 421, the day after 420. Uh, fa- <laughs> 421.78 is what I saw. But you saw, which would make him 14 years old. <laughs> So what did you see? I saw seventy, and I've, I've verified with the internets um, that <laughs> as, it was as one should. But you know, I don't know if you can believe it. this is. I, I want to say it's it's the nineties, but uh, that it that, is nineteen ninety two. That actor did not look like uh, he. <laughs> had... So so if it was born if he was born in seventy and it's nineteen ninety two, he would be twenty two years old. Which he did not look twenty two at all. No. So yeah. So I know we talked about maybe it's a fake ID. 
And maybe it's a fake ID. And I mean, I, it should be, because if they're pulling the scam where a wallet's sitting out in the ground... Like, yeah, they don't want to lose their actual ID. Yeah, right. So, his name is probably not even Henry Gundorf... What is it? Gun, 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 Gondorf. Which, uh, Gondorf. So, so here, uh, I'm not gonna... It's, it's, it's nerdy when I see... Um, is it no homage to the Sting? And Henry Gondorf is the name of Paul Newman's character in the movie, which I haven't seen, but I'm... Oh, really? Yes. It is really, yeah. Damn! Very Easter egg-y with that stuff. It is very Easter egg-y, which I love. Nice job, Charles. (laughs) That's that's what the internet does for you. Yep. Well, you know, it's a hell of a thing. And he's from Chicago, Illinois, too. Yep. Oh, good point. Let's move into your other uh, top... your top two, Rick. Who's really at fault for this mishap of the Kettleman's? Nacho or Jimmy? Yeah, it's it's really again. It Jimmy convincing, almost convincing uh, Nacho of just like, hey, you know, it wasn't me that that did this. If I did do it, uh, <laughs> it was you uh, that that did this. You know, with the blood on the thing, you know, and the back, and you just patrolling at night, like, you know, everything's a okay. It. Jimmy kind of threw a Hill Mary from the 20 yard line on his side of the field and it got a touchdown with, with that, uh, little kind of mini conversation. Because yes, it, if it wasn't for Jimmy, it's very likely that, uh, the Kettleman's may have not have left. Yes, if it, you know, wasn't for Jimmy, they probably still be there and the money would be stolen already and this series would already be done. Yeah. But because Nacho had, just didn't think think of how to do things because uh, he just kind of wanted the, the quick score uh it kind of ruined things for for both of them nacho realized like oh you know maybe i i did kind of screw the pooch there uh just by not cleaning up yes. uh after myself one of the, one of the best quotes of the show was here's a thought for you ajax formula 404 <laughs> <laughs> that whole exchange was just hilarious Mm-hmm. Uh, and and oh, man, it's just like man, Jimmy but, is so good with words. Sometimes, it's fantastic. Exactly, and that's and that's what I think is so great is you get to see him wit- slip. Uh, I hate to you know be all corny, but slip out of things like like he did uh, with all these other cons that he's done prior. And yeah, when he when his just, back's against the wall, he is uh he is sharp. He's a snake. Yes. He, he is a slipping Jimmy, and and I believe it's it's unbelievable that he not only convinced a, the baddest dude with the baddest guy that he kind of controls uh, out of that situation is is mind blowing. Uh, I mean, we talked about it last week of Nacho maybe more scarier, more scary than Tuco because he can sick Tuco uh, out. You know, whatever, and Tuco is just crazy in general. You have no idea what what is up Nacho's sleeve, and the fact that he worked himself out of that corner is is unbelievable. And I believe that it was is mainly Nacho's fault because, yeah, if he would have got caught, they could have held him for you know twenty four hours, and then you know, well, we got nothing on you, goodbye. Uh, but that blood stain kind of left the probable cause, and for Jimmy to work his magic is. Unbelievable. Oh yeah, is definitely not. He's not going away. And, yeah, I hadn't thought about not, that. I, I don't think, I think. I think that's what might happen. It might be uh, Jimmy kind of instructing him better. 
So, so you, uh, I, I don't know who to toss this question to, but uh, you're kind of hitting my question on this point. Was to, uh, Nacho says you ratted on me? There will be consequences. And yeah. then Jimmy does give him that great argument. Do you think that that argument was enough to get no. Nacho to say, "All right, I see where you're coming here from here," or was it that I'm in the middle of a courthouse? There's really nothing I can do here. If I get you outside of this courthouse. <laughs> You know, it, I think I think Jimmy kind uh, Jimmy kind of convinced Nacho of like, yeah, I guess I did screw up for for somebody to be like to very be very quick witted on on that stuff. You, if you're on the other side, think, oh, maybe this guy didn't do it. Maybe I did fuck up. So I think he gives him another chance. Obviously, I don't think he's gonna be like, hey, you know, let's go out for drinks uh, afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but, no. I think Nacho kind of realizes that he. He isn't the best criminal, and I'm sure Jimmy will instruct him to do things better. Speaking of which, uh, this is another scene that none of us really put in our as our favorites, but it goes along those lines where, you know, he's kind of concerned for him as a criminal. He's talking to him like, well, at least clean up, do this and that. But then he goes and he's driving back into the parking garage. He runs into Mike and and Mike's there and he says, hey, did you see, did you read the paper? Is it in the paper? And he's like, what? See what you did? <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. and he says, "Of oh, the Kettlemans, you called it. They 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 totally just, you know, ran out. They were camping. Can you believe it?" And he's like, "Oh, well, yeah, I guess you could cuz you called it." And <laughs> you know, and Mike, but you see on, for a minute Mike's face is that he's kind of almost like, "Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I was right." And then it's you know, and then it kind of goes back to, "Yeah, get out of here. I knew it all along." Mm-hmm. Kind of attitude, but 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 Jimmy says, kind of breaks my heart that criminals could do something so dumb. Or, or I don't know if that's the exact quote, but it was along those lines. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, I still want to know more about Mike's backstory. Is Mike already working for... Uh, why don't we move on to kind of the montage of him uh, after he takes the bribe from the Kettlemans. Oh, I and I love that scene of him like calculating the money going, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, I laundering I, laundering the stuff in." Yes. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> I, "Well, I I I ate. I had some food." <laughs> he hits Two the calculator. stacks of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. consulting fees? <laughs> yeah, but beyond that, he goes and he says that I think the quote is from this is the rock fr- from which I will build my church. And so he's accepting this bribe. He knows it's a bribe, but he's going to take it because he feels like he can do a better good in the far in the long run by taking and, the money. And he's going to make damn good use of the money. And you know what? He even said uh, before he took the money, saying like, "Oh, I can't take bribes. I can, can take consult like a consulting. He could a retainer. Fee. Yeah, I as can an take attorney. a retainer. Yeah, almost to kind of convince himself." That, hey, you know, this, yes, it's a bribe, but it's not really a bribe. Right. And I mean, that's something that attorneys say all the time, you know, because they're all working within the law and outside the law to make something happen for their clients. So they will say, hey, just give me a dollar right now. And everything you say is attorney client privileged. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I can advise you. So, I mean, yeah, that that's absolutely. But. He goes and he decides he's going to buy some new suits. He's going to spruce up. He goes out and he buys, uh, he's getting his hair done, but he buys the suit and 
he's getting the exact same suit that Howard Hamlin wears, uh, which is like a blue pinstripe suit, a particular uh, under uh, a shirt with a collar. And then he goes and gets his hair done. Uh, and he, I think, oh gosh, he, I, I he had didn't a, get he wanted hair done. He wanted but, his um, hair sassafresh glow. And they're like, uh-huh. no, this is not Sassafrash Glow. This is something else. And he's like, no, Sassafrash Glow. And he's like, it's fine. It'll wash out. And they said, no, this is permanent. And it's not, but it's not, you know. And so once he finds out it's not, that was kind of my clue that he doesn't really want this image long term. Because when he's buying the suits, yeah. he's looking around. He picks up this orange suit, which is so... Which, which yeah, is it's so happy. Saul Goodman, and he matches up a tie. But then he goes back to this other suit. What did, when he when you guys saw that? What did you think when he found the color that he seemed really attracted to? But then he went with the Hamlin. So it reminded me of a famous scene in this uh, very good movie called Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> where they're where they're trying to find the suit, and uh, they finally the the one that he chooses is uh, not something that the tailor wants to ever put on a human being. Um, but yeah, it, it took me a little bit when he was looking at the orange. I was like, why is he looking at that? Oh, that's like his suits from Breaking Bad. Okay. Um. Yeah. It it's very. I think he when he looked at that suit, he kind of wanted to, you know, maybe I can be my own man right now at this point. Now that I have this kind of rock that, that he's building his, uh, his church upon, I think he kind of said, you know, maybe we'll hold off just for a little bit and we'll go with this, this plan of to not only piss, uh, you know, Hamlet off, but maybe in hoping that, you know, somebody is just like, Oh, the, that's the, I'll go to that guy. You know, they're the best in the biz and, you know, get some kind of old lady mistake type, type thing, uh, going. I don't think this is a permanent plan. I think he knew that going in when he got served with papers and he had to go in and, but what threw it over the top and I think we will get into that is just the, his plan of making himself the man in, in lawyering. Uh, so it's absolutely there. There are so many other things I want to say about this, and so I will just reference back. But before we continue, I think we should thank our sponsors. Uh, our sponsor is Audible.com. Audible is offering you a free audiobook download, a free 30 day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their services. So, Rick, I know that you've been using Audible quite a lot. Is there any particular book that's been standing out to you lately? That- no. I mean, I've read, you know, some books, I've listened to some books, but one of the big things, and I don't know if you know this or not, Jackie, but one of the things that Audible brings is because they're an Amazon company, they have a little program called WhisperSync. Now, oh, it's amazing. Whis- yes, yeah, so you can uh you can buy the book on Amazon, you know, a little print ebook copy, and you can read and if you have Audible, you can buy uh, the auto, you know, the audible book version and some of these books link together to where if you read a book and, you know, all of a sudden you're, you want to go drive, you plug in your iPad or your iPod or whatever, or, and you'll, you'll bring up this audio book 
For instance, my pick is uh, Death Clutch, my story of determination, domination, and survival. It's a autobiography written by Brock Lesnar, uh, narrated by Dunsworth Bob. And if you have the book in the ebook, you can read it. And if you're just like, hey, you know, I don't want to read anymore, and you jump on your iPhone, it'll literally pick, the audiobook will literally pick up where you last left off on the ebook, which is amazing technology, uh, just because, uh, Amazon and Audible work together, you know, one in one. And it's unbelievable, uh, that this technology exists. Uh, who would have thought, you know, you could read a book and then you can go on a train and you don't want to see people reading, you know, your book. So you just put it on your headphones and then you go, uh, it's, the cloud is amazing. And with WhisperSync and Audible and Amazon Kindle, it's, it's possible. And, and yes, it, the story, it, the story of Brock Lesnar, it just goes through, uh, his times in wrestling, his time in UFC. He got diverticulitis and he almost died from it. And then he started wrestling and UFC again. And it's an amazing book of just kind of, uh, determination of just, uh, Keep that train going uh, after you get your ass kicked. I, I'm always looking for the downtrodden kind of story. I, I'm not big on wrestling, but I, I definitely uh, I, I appreciate those kinds of stories. You mm -hmm. gave a, a very good pick a couple of weeks ago about Alice Cooper, um, mm -hmm. the the golf, the addiction. Golf the, monster. Golf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually mentioned that to another podcast that I do with a friend of ours, Roberto Villegas, today uh, because we had this whole discussion about – addiction and alcoholism that related to that show and it was a perfect case of somebody taking a story and moving it into um something else so like yeah i i'm loving your picks by the way rick oh thank you yeah i, uh, I, I do my best with these picks <laughs> so i tried to choose something this week that's you know related to the show and i know that i've been going crazy picking all bob odenkirk books <laughs> but my pick this week is called difficult men Behind the scenes of a creative revolution from the Sopranos and The Wire to Mad Men and Breaking Bad by Brett Martin, narrated by Keith Sarzabaski. Sarzabaska. That, that sounds, okay. that right. sounds Thank close. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, sorry, Keith, if you, if you are listening. We really apologize uh, no, for botching your name. No, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's listening. If you're, no. you know what? If you're listening, please let us know. Um, but yeah, um, actually, this book is great because it has to do with this whole new kind of revolution in television, uh, that has started kind of around the Sopranos where we have this, um, antagonist, uh, uh character, who, who's a main sort of person of the story that, that we, we love, we love, but we don't like to love. We, we, or we question why, why is it that we love this person? Um, and it's not a typical story, Hollywood story or the Hollywood vehicle of the great person, the great hero wins every time. And certainly I thought this was very, uh, something that anybody who, like Breaking Bad, or also The Wire, that, you know, here are these gangsters, uh, these people that are just trying to survive the game. And it, I, I, I think it's a wonderful story about how these stories are created and why they're created. And I think it's something that our viewers would like as well. You can pick up one of our recommendations or any book of your choice by going to audibletrial.com 
slash lawyer up. And they have one over 150,000 titles to choose from that you can access on your PC, your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle device, whatever it happens to be that you've got on you that you want to access audibletrial.com. Live the serve. But right now, let's get into uh, Charles. Uh, what else kind of came to mind uh, when viewing uh, Better Call Saul's hero episode? So, I mean, this episode definitely has been my favorite. I mean, because <clears throat> the first first three episodes have kind of gotten the ball rolling, the momentum, and now we're starting to see, you know, the fruits of are you, the labor of the are you Are you one of those people that kind of said, you know, um, I don't mean those people, but uh, just you, you, you thought kind of the pilot was a letdown because it felt un- incomplete uh, without that second oh, episode? Oh, no, 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 no. No, uh, I've loved every episode. Just this one stands out the most because it's, he's becoming his character. Like the first three episodes, he was still trying to be good and trying to be, uh, you know, this, this guy that we know he isn't, he isn't. I had mentioned earlier that, uh, I kind of like the, the battle that's becoming between Jimmy and Hamlin. The scene I really liked was after the scene with the, the judge. Uh, he's standing out in the hallway, he's about to call all these, uh, uh, TV stations, and then he, you know, he's, he's casually scratching his head as Hamlet walks by, and he's flipping them off, and yes. it's just subtle, but it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Greg. No, no, it wasn't <laughs> it to was you, awesome I was just reenacting. I know, for, I know, I know. For, for our audio I, listeners, I was, I, for I audio did a little finger scratch on the no. forehead. <laughs> I have a very large forehead, yeah, no, by the I way, just, so. I, I just, you know, I loved it because, because uh, kind of there's kind of this, still this kind of mystery is is Jimmy like this genius is he is, is he is is this plan that he's cooking up is it uh some you know is it is it going to pay off or is he just kind of winging it you know you never know you, you can't really tell if he's if he's planned this out so far in advance or if he just you know kind of going off of what you know what should I do next um I I don't know but I, that it was just kind of this like tipping point where he's he's really um he's just sticking it to Hamlin and it just made me laugh and uh, uh you know I I just You know really it's it. it's it's funny that you mentioned whether it, he's this genius or if he's just winging it. I mean with some of the stuff yeah it seems like he's winging it but then on other points like him putting the billboard up and knowing this thing isn't going to stick is very genius of just kind of making things happen i mean to the point you know he gets the he gets the news he gets the news crew uh to to cover well not a news crew he gets a college local tv production to kind of cover his stuff because no other news cycle will pick it up he sets up this big collaboration very slipping jimmy generated so much he's in the newspaper he ended up getting news coverage and and stuff like that. There's a big scene, Rick, that uh, we yes. have missed out that or we have not discussed yet that we absolutely have to close up with, and it has to do with Chuck. And I know that you had some great oh, points Chuck. about this. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's very so. Jimmy, after he gets his you know swagger and you know he gets he after that kind of a stunt that he pulled. He he goes to he goes to Chuck's house and he's just like, hey, you know, 
I got business. You were right. You know, whatever. But uh, for him, he realized that you know he has to get all these papers. He has to he has to get ice for his <laughs> for his cabinet and things. Like, and he realized he's got to get that the Albuquerque Journal. He's got to get the, the Wall Street Journal. He's mm-hmm. got to yes. And uh, it's it's very interesting for him to to do all this stuff. And then when he gets the Albuquerque Journal, he realizes, oh shit, you know, <laughs> I'm uh I'm in the middle of of the section and if he realizes that I'm pulling my stunts again he's going to be uh, quite pissed and so he just kind of discarded the journal and we you know Chuck's proud of him and Jimmy's you know proud of himself for getting business and everything um but then Chuck realizes uh his kind of lawyer skills come back again of just like hey you know there's there's papers everywhere else but uh not mine my paper so he uh he gets in his uh space blanket and he decides to uh risk his own life yeah, uh, i love it and in in his oh, per, you know in so his funny. view and and it is the only thing i kind of didn't like about it was uh it made it seem very serious of just like hey you know this is a serious thing he's fucking freaking out he's um the cam is literally on him all of the time mm-hmm. while he's running to get this paper and he's sweating and just kind of, I don't know what it is, but he's generally freaked out with his space blanket over. Um, but what kind of brought me out of it, because I was like, oh, you know, this is actually a real thing. Because I thought, you know, he's just delusional faking it. But what brought me out was the old the, the cut to the old lady. In her wind, you know, she's looking at at her window, just like, uh, you know, what is going on here? Made it kind of comedic, which again, this is oh, wait, yes, super funny. But yes. do you think that there's not something about that old lady watching him that we're going to see possibly next week? I think. I think it, it'll get to. I mean, maybe he'll start doing more delusional things to the where. The old lady's just like, hey, you know. The neighbors the might on? start reporting his be- behavior, is what uh-huh. I'm thinking. I, I thought you would think the neighborhood would know by now, because maybe they, he hasn't left in years. So, but somebody shows ha- up have every y'all, day. Have y'all dis- you know, that's that's true. Have have y'all discussed that maybe Chuck dies? Uh, we have not actually, but it's just um, okay. We're kind of. I, I know for us with Chuck, it's kind of a mystery of what what he is, uh, who he is, and, and things like that. I mean, it, why it really, yeah, is. why the why he is the way he is. I mean, and I, uh, I, I did find those examples of people that do have a allergic reaction to uh, static electricity. So that is kind that of exists? a thing but it's not no it's not no. it's it's extremely rare right and it mm. so it's not something okay. that like you know is everywhere and so I, I i think that if if the writers went after this knowing something about um allergic reactions to sti- static re- electricity kudos to them like that's amazing like they brought something out to us because i think what they're doing is playing with our minds thinking that we're all going to believe that this guy is just nuts 
So, like, my question would be, is he nuts? Or is this, like, a legitimate... Legit, yeah. I think he's and, nuts. And that's, and that's what kind <laughs> of, you know... It, maybe that's why they, they included that jump cut f- from the lady's point of view. Mm-hmm. To make it, you know, kind of throw you off. Because in that whole scene, you're you're kind of tensed up. Like, oh, you know, this is actually real deal. But then it cuts to the lady, and it's just a guy with a, you know... A space blanket over space blanket. over and it's just like really like this like there, there's no way that's real so maybe they did that just to be like well maybe he's still faking it but by the way our guest charles hey what do you have going on Yay. lately i know you've been on a ton of podcasts lately uh where can people find you what are you up to so uh if you want to reach me uh i'm on twitter at charles rubeck and that's r-u-b-a-c-h um yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, hit me up. Uh, I'm. I definitely just respond to a lot of people. I don't really tweet too much, but I just. I. I kind of just uh, respond to everybody. So if you tweet at me or, or whatever, I will. Uh, I will definitely respond. All right, and by the way, thank you for being on my other podcast about uh, the Walking Dead this week. Uh, you're you're always uh, hilarious. You bring such a great. <laughs> hilarious perspective uh, kind of blame that on whatever I'm drinking that <laughs> night so, uh. <laughs> now Jackie where where can people find you on, on the internet oh hey um, so yeah of course you can always reach me on Twitter I'm at Jackie Hearn 81 you can find all of my shenanigans at JackieHearn.com I also uh, if I, I will just mention it this time for the last time, hopefully, <laughs> that I do co-host a show with a friend of ours who was on last week, Roberto Villegas, uh, on the House of Cards. And I mention that because tonight, in a few hours, uh, season three of House of Cards is coming out. And that's on the British Tech Network. <laughs> so you can access that by going to the British de- BritishTechNetwork.com. And look at the go to House of Cards to find that. Rick, where can people find you? You can find me at Rick Foster, uh, rickfoster.org. And, uh, I know I slacked last week, but, uh, I do try and write, uh, a little, little piece for our website at, uh, lawyeruppodcast.com where I kind of go a little bit more in depth into, uh, five things that I kind of enjoyed about each episode. I promise it'll be there this week, uh, last week, things gonna happen, but I'll get to it this week, I promise you. So before we leave, let's hit on something that's kinda spoilery, uh, for next week, uh, we, things happen with Chuck, with his, uh, space blanket shenanigans, uh, there are cops at the door, uh, Jackie, I know you kinda wanted to mention something about, about that. The, the cords are cut in his house. And there's a phone call that Jimmy receives, and it's about uh, Chuck, and they're worried about him. But I think that this neighbor saw this weird man with a spacesuit, uh-huh. called the police, and the police are checking him out. But I do know that you can't live in a, a residence that doesn't have running water or electricity. And so there's this house that's been there for a while without running electricity it's off the grid grid. yep so that's why the police are going to show up and maybe take uh uh, you know chuck out and and then finally jimmy's going to have the opportunity to go in and save chuck 
who's probably going to be put in some kind of hospital. He's going to be hospitalized for being nuts. My or, thought. Or, or maybe he's not nuts. And that's, that's, I think next week we'll, well finally kind of get I, far. I honestly don't think he is nuts. I think that mm-hmm. there is something about electricity that, uh, messes him up. Messes with his uh, central nervous system. Um, mm-hmm. as it's been somewhat documented in other cases with other people. Uh, it, but it's very rare. Which is why I really think that the, the creators and the writers have done their homework to make us wonder, is this real? Cause I, th- you know, because to <laughs> me, I think that what they're trying to propose is that it's all fake. Like it, or it's all in his head. Cause it seems the rational just thought, but I think that we're all going to be far more shocked when we realize that it's not just in his head. Mm-hmm. That there is something to a, a allergic allergic reaction to electricity, which is why I kind of think they they again well just like I said they had that jump cut of that lady to make it seem more comedic. Yes, uh, they did because it it really was tense uh, for him running out. Uh, I mean, and I hilarious. Think, yeah, I think it was more just the uh, the cam the the first person cam of like him. His, I mean, you can see, if you see the video, you can see my hand and the camera. You know, it's just him freaking out, sweating and, 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 and <laughs> shit like that. And to, to me, with that and combo with just the sound or the mute, the kind of tense music that they had back there, um, it was really tense. And then all of a sudden is a smash cut to, uh, to a comedic spot of just an old lady just like, what the f- is going on so i i think they (laughs) i think when they did that scene um they added that lady in to still have that distraught of like oh you know maybe it's just a fake thing i i I think 100 she has something to do with the reason why the police show up at his house next week i agree so all right um until next week lawyer up Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>